The Glue Guys is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Now, the Nets are on the road a good bit coming up in the next few weeks, but what I will tell you to do is New Year's Eve, the Strokes are playing at Barclays Center. This is what you do. Tell your friends to meet at a bar near Barclays. Don't tell them about the concert. Then when you get to the bar, pull up the Game Time app. Hey, here's how inexpensive it is to go see the Strokes on New Year's Eve. Look what we can do. Let's do this right now. They're going to be fired up. It's going to be a great way to start your new year. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. <laughs> Welcome back to Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Glue Guys. Yeah, nailed it. The Forward Athletic, yeah. Nets Daily. Brian, we have breaking Nets news as we were recording this. As in this moment, a tweet just went out that is forever going to alter the, the fabric of this team. Yeah, lay it on me. The Nets have released Amon Shumpert. Oh. That was the decision. So That was the decision, eh? We're recording this at 12.05 on Thursday, and we knew one of the topics that we were going to discuss is what to do with this Wilson Chandler situation, this fearful Chandler looming crisis. He is inevitable, Wilson Chandler, um, and the Nets have made a decision. They are not cutting Theo Pinson. They're not going to trade Rodion's Karutz. Or John and Musa, though that was rumored also as well. No, they're cutting Amon Shumpert. I don't know. How do you feel about this one? I kind of feel like it's the wrong decision for the moment, but the best decision for the <laughs> franchise's future. Because, so, I know you have thoughts about Theo Pinson that we should be getting into at some point. But, you know, we talked about this on the last podcast earlier this week about Karutz, where it's like it's really a tremendously awkward situation on many levels. He's not clearly in the same mental state that he was last year. He's not playing nearly at the same level that he was last year either. And, you know, if you're going to make any type of roster decision off of Wilson Chandler, Karutz is the guy to get rid of. You know, it just is. That's just kind of the, you know, he's a forward. So is Wilson Chandler. It just makes a lot of sense. But... Long-term vision doesn't really make all that much sense because Karutz is a talent. He has a skill set that is going to be valuable in the league if you can kind of get him directed in the back in the correct direction. Amon Shumpert, while uh, a very stout defender, beloved in the locker room, he can't shoot the ball. And really, how many minutes was he going to get in the grand scheme of things, particularly if this team is playing in the playoffs against a really stout team? You can't really leave him on jumper on the floor all that much because he can't score. I think in the moment, though, I'd rather have him on jumper than Musa or Karutz. Though long term, two years, three years, I'd rather have those two youngins from Eastern Europe than Amon Shumpert from Atlanta, Georgia. 
that's how I feel. But this is just happening. I'm all processing it right now. I apologize. Yeah, Brian. that's a lot to process. That's a lot to take on. Um, do you think that they saw Wilson Chandler has improved due to copious amounts of performance enhancing drugs? <laughs> is that <laughs> just yeah. how long does it take for that stuff to is it 25 games for that to get out of the system? Hopefully it's not 25 games, because if you're if you it, you know, it's better to apologize than to ask for permission. I guess that applies here. So. Um, if, if he is going to allegedly, allegedly, Brian, you know, mm. uh, do something wrong and be ale- caught for that alleged action, that illicit alleged action, well, the Nets should get some kind of benefit out of it, right? And hopefully, you know, we, we've had reports, I think DeAndre Jordan said specifically that Wilson Chandler is one of the best players on the team, that he's been working his butt off. Other re- people who cover the team say Wilson Chandler is one of the hardest working guys on the team, at least from what they can see when they're allowed into practice. So uh, the Nets were confident that Wilson Chandler was going to give them something. And in the end, I wonder how easy of a decision it was. Uh, Sham Sharania, our coworker, in a way, because we all work for The Athletic, says that this was uh, a reluctant release. They did not want to, but a reluctant release. It's going to be debated whether this is the right decision. And it's not the end of the Amon Shumpert era with the Nets. He certainly can sign back with them. But uh, I think he he played well enough that another team may take a look at Amon Shumpert and think he's a piece that could be added to a contending roster because he, he also showed a willingness to play off the bench, uh, to only play 15 minutes a game. He showed that willingness. So other teams are going to take a look at Amon. So that this actually may be the end of the Amon Shumpert era and what an era it was. Wow, truly. Um, <clears throat> do you want to talk about the fact that that came on the on the heels of one of the most depressing losses of our season? <laughs> actually, it's not that depressing because what it made us do is we all, all of us in Nets land and, Nets, and the whole media global coastal elite <laughs> – <laughs> we're you know chirping 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 about you know, we maybe we're better off without Kyrie Irving, and this was a big this is a giant Kyrie Irving shaped Flintstone vitamin <laughs> rammed down our collective throats. Um, if every NBA player had Flintstone level vitamins made of their likeness, which Flintstone vitamin would you most want of all the NBA players? <laughs> um. Something round, the Glenn Big Baby Davis. I don't know. Um, something without sharp something edges. <laughs> um, that Charlotte game. Yeah, it was a weird game because it was one of the first. The Hawks game just previously was also somewhat of a blowout, though. Like it, it would. The Hawks were always within twelve. The Nets just consistently did, wouldn't let them go back fully into the game. This was the first game it felt like all season. When the Nets had, like, a blowout in the works, they were up by 20-plus in the second quarter, the Hornets looked awful, and, like, the yes announcers, Ian Eagle and Sarah Kustak, were constantly talking about how it's obvious the Hornets made no adjustments since the last Hornets-Nets game, that the Nets could do whatever they wanted inside, they had this massive rebounding advantage early on, and it was the first blowout in the making for the Nets, and mm. I can say I kind of jinxed it because I sent out a snarky tweet about you, you didn't kind of jinx it. You that was the most <laughs> egregious jinxing I've ever seen in my whole life. I sent out this little snarky tweet. It's so rare to real the only way to be snarky as a Nets fan at this moment in this season, because the season really hasn't been that fantastic, though of recent, of course, they're now they're nine and four since the last not since the second to last Denver Nuggets game, I guess however you want to 
demarcate that ever since the impingement impinged upon itself. But um, I sent out a snarky <laughs> tweet. And this was the first time I could really be snarky about another team that wasn't the Knicks. And I felt good about it. I felt good about myself in that moment. And it came out that uh, I shouldn't have been that snarky because Devontae Graham yeah. and the Hornets lambasted the Nets at the end of the game. It was it was embarrassing. They got uh, those those Hornets Twitter people. They got um, they got toxic <laughs> and and angry towards you after that. Um, at least one guy did. Which 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 felt good actually. Yeah. It, it felt good to understand that there is. You were really like Twitter. doing Twitter last. That you were really participating in in Twitter <laughs> in the way that it's sort of meant to be these days. Um, um, so, do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about it? Said game, Mike. Do you want to talk about it? Um, I went I, back and I watched your, the third quarter. Yeah, what's your big brain take about it? So we're up up twelve. You know, just generally kind of like giving up six, taking back six until two minutes and forty five in the third quarter and to your boy, Captain Marvelous, who I see is in Twitch chat and it's echoing the same thoughts. We are line up at the two forty-five mark in the third. We're up 12 Pinson, Nwaba, Shumpert, Musa, and Deandre Jordan. Ostensibly that's a defensive minded rotation with Musa, I guess, as your lone like offensive linchpin. That is a, t- that is not, that is dangerous. And then also they were like completely fractured. They gave up an entire lead in 90 seconds. 90 seconds of game time. Yeah. And I was just like watching that whole third quarter. Our, uh, like one of our big problems is that when we have a lead, we think that it's a good idea to sit on it and to like start <laughs> running out the clock in like the beginning of the third quarter. And we get into our offensive sets with like 10 seconds to go left in the shot clock. Whereas Devontae Graham's like, already chucked his first like 40 footer with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Um, so they're getting more possessions and they're like, you know, slowly chipping away at the possession ownership game. Um, also miles bridges was hitting insanely difficult shots, which, you know, you can't plan for or whatever you can plan a little bit for Devonte Graham at this point, though. He was sensational. Mike, I don't want to take anything away from him. Yeah. I mean that the, the shot, what to put him up by four at the very end of the game when the nets almost had the comeback, Almost got it. I mean, there wasn't even really a comeback they needed. They just needed to get two possessions in a row, and then they would have had the lead. And Graham hits like the the behind three steps behind the three point line dagger three. And you know, I kind of go back to why I. So the psychology behind the tweet that I sent is the same psychology that I think the Nets players were in, which is like it is so rare to have a blowout for this team for the Nets so early on in the game that you could tell by their expression they weren't locked in after they got that big lead. They felt like they were going to win the game. They had that confidence that it was going to happen no matter what. And when you have that confidence, sometimes it's good because you don't worry about, you don't sweat the small stuff and you don't kind of choke up a game in that way. You kind of can relax and have confidence that you're going to get it done. Another thing that happened, which is what happened last night, is that they gave up the energy. They let the Hornets consume all the energy in the building, and the Hornets then became the confident team, and the Nets never fully locked in and realized, oh, shit, we should really take this more seriously. I think Nets, the Net Income tweeted out from the Nets Daily Twitter account, this team needs a killer instinct. And I that was, you know, as as that is a cliche, it is true. They didn't have that last night. They didn't have that moment where they're like, F this. This is the Hornets. We're a better team than them. 
we're going to go on an 8-0 run here with five minutes left in the game to cement our status in a win for this game. It was, ugh, it was S-H-I-T-T-Y, Brian, on a, which uh, spells crappy. Wow. Yeah. Um, on a practical, just an X's and O's level. Mike, Please. Ooh. Okay. Um, I think people are going to be pretty excited when Spencer Dinwiddie gets to come off the bench in place of Theo Pinson <laughs> and Kyrie Irving gets to lead that first team. Um, just in just because you're going to get so much more output from that from that position. Again, you, I don't take any pleasure in criticizing Theo Pinson. There's He's a beautiful person. We love him. But I don't want him to play basketball <laughs> right now for this team. I want the I want Kyrie back and I want Spencer Dinwiddie to be playing those positions. I don't doubt that Theo, there's something there that Theo Pinson you can you can mine. It's not there quite yet and I think he's in over his head. And so that's what makes this so going back to the Iman Shumper thing, it is an interesting decision for Sean Marks to have Kept Theo Pinson because ultimately, you know, um, I was reading some articles about the decision that that the Nets would eventually make now that they've made it. And going into it, if they had cut Theo Pinson, it would have been uh, sort of a warning sign that like, oh, Karis Levert's probably actually going to come back pretty soon. Because if you cut Pinson and then Levert comes back in two weeks, you have Kyrie Levert and Dinwiddie. You don't, you don't really need Theo Pinson's output. But Sean Marks obviously valued... Theo's personality and that's what I've been pitching for I would like him I know this is so crazy to be like I want him to go back to bench cheerleader mode and um like end of game cigar of like if he's in the game it's well it's a blowout for one team or blowout for the other I I want order to be restored and us Mm. not to be distressed about Theo Pinson because ultimately his future in the NBA isn't to be a backup guard it's to be a locker room presence who maybe a cigar a moments a cigar guy a cigar guy and that's a that's a good that's our second podcast the cigar guys <laughs> um amon shumpert waved to get another roster limit very it just quite an interesting decision by by marks to go with him um i think i just i feel like he valued the youth that theo pinson brings to a team and having an understand like theo pinson probably has a pretty strong understanding that there's going to be games he doesn't play once lavert and Kyrie Irving come back where Amon Shumpert, not that he didn't understand that, but Amon Shumpert isn't like a guy you really just have on your roster not to play him. He's not, mm. that's not really his role or he wouldn't bring that value to the team. What a, what a bad, oh, what a horrible game last night. What I mean, he had a legendary game. cup of coffee here. You know, I hope he, hope he does well, Mike. Okay. Um, okay. Should we get to the fun thing that we want to do? <clears throat> yeah, let's do some fun stuff. Okay, so the basic gimmick, the, the, the origins of this gimmick that we're doing now, which is quarter season uh, realizations, not awards, but quarter season, like sort of what, how we feel about certain players in this team so far this year. <laughs> it's I, I can, it's I can't pretty even, abstract. It's quite yeah. abstract. Um, it began as it was going to be a, a Lizzo segment. So it was going to be a player is either 100% that bitch or uh, why man have to be great till they got to be great. Which is basically the that bitch is a good element to be, and why man great until they got to be great is a bad thing to be because that means that you know you're not a man. You've um, lost me, Mike. I don't even know what you're talking about. Anymore. I know. So, but it evolved from that, and what it is now is we're using sound bites from popular media and unpopular media 
to describe a player's season so far on the Nets. Uh, I think it'll become readily apparent as we go through this segment. We have about a dozen sound clips. Four of them all have to do with Spencer Dinwiddie. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be a kind of a complex, but it's going to be a wild ride, and we're glad you're all here with us. And on the back end of this, what we would love is if on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, send us your gifts, send us your YouTube videos, um, anything that you feel like relates to that player, because you know this is we're all hive mind, we're all part of the same. You'll, you'll get it once we play more of these clips, yeah. but it's just a, these are audio representations oh, and what you'll send is video, visual said. representations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Why don't you start off? You tell me, I have the, the control of the board. You tell me where you want to go first and I'll hit that and we'll go from there and we'll boom, 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 boom. Let's do Jared Allen first. For Jared me. Allen first. So this is Brian's, do you want it set up or you just want me to play cold? You can play cold. All right. I know kung fu. Show me. <laughs> do, you, do you know what it's from, Mike? Yeah. Do you, you think you're it's allowed accurate? to audio edit? Yeah. No, I think it's accurate. I love it. Oh, you didn't uh, like the whole the the I, like I, the the thirty seconds of breathing leading First up of all, to it's yeah. fourteen seconds. Yeah. I know that that's a lot of air. I get <laughs> I get that on in the biz that that means a lot more. Yeah. Um, get used to having a lot of dead air. Okay. On this episode. Excellent. Good. Because <laughs> that's I did not do a lot of editing. Um, so you understand the um, symbolism that I'm trying to get at, right? It's like Jared Allen is beginning to have the programs implanted. It's, first of all, he's technological. You know, he's a technological person. Okay. So there's that. And he's beginning to add the software that will allow him to be, you know, Neo in the not-too-distant future. He's not quite there yet, but he's downloaded his first Kung Fu programs, and he's ready to show them off with Morpheus. Do you think um, Jared Allen's potential is as high as Neo's? Um, probably not, but in terms of, like, realizing his own individual potential, you know, we all have the height of our own potential inside of us, our own Neos, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like not everyone can be Neo-Neo, <laughs> but we all have our own <laughs> Neos to be. And I think that it's possible that Jared Allen could be on his way to reaching his own Neo. Who is this team Cypher? Um, that's a great question, and it could be Musa. <laughs> it could, I don't know. He seems <laughs> he seems like he like he could be nice on his face, and then all of a sudden he's having steak dinners with robots and planning to undermine. Maybe that's why Iman Shumpert's gone too. You never know. He could have thrown him Ooh. under the bus. Um, I do feel like in Matrix 2, was that Reloaded or whatever um, Matrix? We'll just yeah. say Matrix 2. There's the in the cave, like where all the regular humans live in the future world. Zion. Zion. The the When there's the rave. I feel like Musa could have been an extra in the rave scene. I feel like yeah. he could have been an element behind that. I don't know if he's a cipher, but he's probably the most cipher Dude, he's obviously like the most... Like, you know, he has the most potential to be corrupted. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, he just looks like the type. Um, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to start off on the Kyrie. Speaking of, like, potential and alternate dimensions, I'm going to go start off with my Kyrie. This is my first Kyrie clip that I had that I think describes the season that he's had so far. I needed to lose you to love me. Yeah. 
So that is Selena Gomez. Okay. That is her new song. That's really on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so from this clip, this clip is what I think Kyrie thinks fans think of his injury, which is he the, his absence makes you know allows them to see what they really needed from the breakup. What what that his distance from the team it allowed the team to find themselves in his absence. That his departure, which is actually he's Justin Bieber in this equation, because we're pretty sure that song's written about Justin Bieber. Um, mm. It's you needed to lose. I needed to lose you to love me. This team needed to lose Kyrie in order to find and love itself. And that is what it has done in his absence. And maybe like Selena and Justin, maybe at some point they'll get back together. Who knows? Somebody recently just tweeted, and I'm not going to remember who, but it was like linking to Spotify stats about Selena Gomez. And they're like, who, who is listening to all this Selena Gomez? And she, now I know. Now I, mean, I understand. <laughs> it's me. She, she <laughs> is, she was at one point was the queen of Instagram. She had the most Instagram followers of any human on planet earth. It's um, so funny. I never run into exists. a person. I, I very, I mean, maybe I don't even know what her songs are, but I like feel like I never really hear them around. Anyways, I don't know. Um, do you want me to hit your Kyrie clip? I'm going to, yeah, let's do my Kyrie. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so, so that's working on a variety of levels. Um, obviously Kyrie represents Jack Nicholson in a few good men here. Um, he's um, on trial, whatever for whatever the military version of it. What's what is that called? Uh, what court when martial? Tri- hearing? Yeah, court martial. Yeah, you got it. Nail. Hey, are you a newsman or what? <laughs> and uh, so it works on two fronts. Basically, it's you know his he's trying to express some like intangible truth about media and culture and basketball and life and that very complicated intersection that I think he suggests that there isn't. He's unable to be truthful about, you know, fully, which is um, there's that. But then also there's this um, you can't handle the truth of the reality that like we're not a competitive team without superstar players like Kyrie Irving, you know. And I think last night's loss against Charlotte Very was good. was, um, you know, you were feeling that truth and the the long term vision of this team needs to include integrating your best players you know it's just got to happen and we can't we can't go on thinking that playing just a game over 500 forever is somehow better than taking our lumps playing below 500 in order to get the best out of our guys long term like and a portion of the nets fan base to extend the analogy is a little bit like sergeant kathy or Captain Kathy or whatever Tom Cruise's Cap- Captain Kathy, Captain yeah. Kathy. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. No. I think it's Sergeant or something. Yeah. Probably Lieutenant, but maybe not Lieutenant. But anyways, it's yeah. Tom Cruise in that movie where they're following the rules and they want the rules to be prosecuted. But mm-hmm. Kyrie, again, extending your analogy, says you need me on that wall if you if you truly want to be safe or substitute safe for successful. You need me on that wall. You need a rule breaker. Uh, you need someone that isn't going to follow the rules, that isn't going to you know, show up and take off my hat so I can take a picture in China, or you know, I'm time. not going to wear these biometric scanners while we practice. I'm not going to do that. I, you need me on that wall, though, if you want to be safe at night in your you know, you know, know, ivory classrooms or whatever he says to Tom Cruise. So That's exactly right. Have you watched that movie recently? You seem to know a lot about it. 
It's I mean, it's it's on the rotation. I don't really I haven't really? watched it recently, but it's one of those movies that kind of sticks a little bit. I don't know. It was on a lot when we were growing up. I don't know if it felt like that for you, but like I felt like it was it was it was always an acceptable movie to have on TV. Um a lot of TNT time, a lot of USA Network. It mm. not as much as Air Force One, though I don't remember the dialogue of Air Force One as much, except for the line, you know, get off my plane. Um, which was one of the best delivered lines of all time. Okay, my Kyrie Irving is how I sort of feel about Kyrie Irving. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. <laughs> we we in the sport, I don't even like to use this phrase because I think it's like it's too much to say someone is a locker room cancer. Though, but if you're going to use that phrase, I think Kyrie wow. Irving is the type of player that you would most use that phrase too because he has this history of destroying cultures of locker rooms. And the little kid is anyone who is on a national NBA TV show talking about this Brooklyn Nets team already and already criticizing what, what Kyrie Irving has done. And I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm sitting in front of the class. I'm the kindergarten cop saying, it's not a tumor. Um, Kyrie Irving, not a tumor. He's yeah. not yet. All right. It's so early. Let's not. Let's let this stuff chill for a little bit. Relax, everyone. Kyrie isn't that bad yet. Maybe he will be. But so far, he seems totally delightful. He was exceptional when he played. When he's not playing, he's been completely engaged with the team. Seemingly, again, seemingly, I don't know. Not a tuba yet. Okay. Good. So not not a locker room cancer yet. I like it. Uh, where do you want to go next? Um, I forget. Who are my other ones? You have some Spencer. You've. I think you have one Spencer. Do you just do the, we have so many Spencer Dinwiddie. Let's do some Spencer Dinwiddie. All right. First one is uh, respect. That one. I I don't know. I can't read which one's which. I'm just gonna play one of them. And you'll tell me if this is the one you want. Is that it? Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! What, 9,000? There's no way that can be right! So, so that one's, that one's from Dragon Ball um, Z. I think, I think not just Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z, it's early Dragon Ball Z. Um, So, obvious. 9,000? And an, an obvious meme. Um... But uh, I think that there's some some real um, parallels here because you know part of Go part of a Saiyan's whole experience is that they need to take a beating and then they always come back stronger after they've like recuperated. And throughout Spencer Dinwiddie's career, I mean, we keep we continue to suggest that like oh he's going to be like a sixth man all, and like at some point it's it's got to be like you know your power level is over nine thousand right now and we gotta we gotta start respecting this dude as the savior of the universe you know potentially. I love it. All right. Do you think he's the protector, the savior of the universe, though? Do you actually? I mean, if he keeps if he keeps adding four points per game every year, you know, in three years he'll be averaging thirty five points a game, and and you know, then then where we're we gonna be? I think you're the most right out of anyone I've ever heard about wow. the lack of coverage on Spencer Dinwiddie's improvement. Literally, like we talk about, oh, he's improved. He was a scrappy player, and now he's you know, one of the best six men in the league, and now he's starting and he's playing at an all-star level. But you, above everyone else, have really pressed, like, but we should actually look at the fact that he's improving and that he continues to improve at this crazy rate 
Because if he if he does stay on that trajectory, he's going to be an all-star or he's going to be a guy who's like deservedly an all-star. It's just that the guard position is typically pretty tough to get into. He's kind of incredible and makes me, again, more excited for Kyrie to come back because I want to see him play with Kyrie. I want to see him out there and making plays next to someone as talented as Kyrie Irving, who I think will appreciate having a secondary ball handler like Spencer Dinwiddie. And then maybe that'll take a little more pressure off Levert and Levert can more focus on, you know, just finding his spots. I think it all could work out beautifully. And if not, he's a trade chip and we'll trade him for (laughs) the best player in the league. That's what we'll do. Um, You and Sean, good friend. A good friend of the show. Yes. Um, Want to do that. I so appreciate the tip of the hat you gave me. And um, in a sense, I planned for some version of that because here's my second clip, Mike, if you want to if you want to set that up. Well, that's the story of my life. No respect. No respect. <laughs> just a six second running danger field. Um, he, the way that he is on court is a super saiyan. Uh, but in any time that he's like sort of, um, well, his presence just in general is like, why well, I get no respect. It's a Ronnie Dangerfield yes. vibe, one that I appreciate deeply, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a quickie. Spencer's uh, superpower is to feel disrespected at all times. That is, yeah. that is his superpower. That's what drives him. Um, and it's not baseless. I mean, it was a, what, two years ago that he led the L2M thing with, um, most incorrect calls in, in crunch time. Right. And, and. You know, I do really – I would love to sit down next to a ref and actually analyze every time he goes to the hole if he gets fouled or not because I do feel like he does get fouled and he doesn't get the calls. But there are other times when he does the James Harden specifically drawing the foul in the way that it's like there's no intent on ever trying to shoot the ball at that moment on the court. But he is crafty enough to lean into a uh, defender to draw a foul. Like there's a video that went online. This is a James Harden where like literally I think it was Jeremy Lamb jumps up like straight in the air, if not to the way left of James Harden and Harden just launches himself straight into Jeremy Lamb. And it becomes like, what is Jeremy Lamb supposed to do? Yeah, don't leave your feet. But he's leaving his feet in a direction so far from James Harden that the only way James Harden gets that foul is if he jumps nearly into the first row of the seats, which he almost did to get that foul. It's a uh, uh, terrible is the word. I have a, I have a, um, a fun idea that's never going to happen. That's just yes. fun to think about. So I was thinking about why, like, you know, cause I've been working on this like video about flopping and stuff. Just thinking a lot about flopping and no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. Um, and what, um, what I've sort of decided was that like people don't people, what, what people don't like is not the flopping necessarily. It's the afterbirth of the flopping, which is the free throw shooting, the stoppage of game, you know, penalties in the NBA result in just like a sapping of entertainment value. And that's what everyone finds like offensive. So here's what I was thinking, like, how do you change those systems? And there's a bunch of ideas, but one of the fun ideas I had was, um, if you get fouled, it should be like a horse, you know, like you get to shoot your free throw from wherever you are, <laughs> wherever you're fouled from. Um, I would let, so if you get fouled, taking a forty foot, amazing idea. <laughs> yeah, don't you think that's good? And it's a um, wide open shot, right? It would be. Well, yeah, it's a wide open shot, but it's just like if you're like you know launching from like thirty five feet out or whatever, you got to take your free throws from there. I mean, that's kind of what soccer does, unless if you're on the box. That's exactly right? that was exactly what I was saying. It's like you know, you got to take your penalty kick from right there. I think that's a great. I actually think that's like a real idea. Wow, that's a real idea, Brian. Not even there like a mean. fake fun. 
we're doing a podcast where we have sound clips from Kindergarten <laughs> Cop idea. That's yeah. like a real idea. Wow. Did I bury the lead on that? That's a G League idea. Let's get oh, that. Oh, wow. I think we should know we, people. Should we tweet that out? We Let's know people. Out. Well, you should tweet it out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So I have two. I just had to get a Lizzo clip in here because she was the inspiration for this entire segment. So this is, I'm going to say it's for Spencer Dinwiddie, but it just, you know, this is just, she is the the muse of which it all. So here's Lizzo on Spencer Dinwiddie. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. So <laughs> the, if you don't know Lizzo, Brian. I don't actually. I felt really bad about this because, like, I saw this person on the Lakers game thing with their with the butt, and I had no idea who this. I feel terrible. Absolute superstar this year. Really, she's ascended to tremendous heights. That song in particular, uh, the story behind it was that she was actually going to quit. She was going to leave music because she was like, "What do I have to do to break through?" And then she wrote that song. That song came out, and it's one of the songs of the year. Amazing mm-hmm. song. One hundred percent that bitch. Basically, like, like. I just wanted to make sure that I am 100% that bitch. And mm-hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie now, I think, realizes he is 100% that bitch. Though this clip <laughs> from one of my other favorite movies, which, Brian, you know this is going to be one of my favorite movies once I start playing it, because um, it's very normcore. Uh, this is actually who I think Spencer kind of more is in certain moments in time. How are you? Good, how you doing? You want it. What, I don't... Uh, what class did you, did you say that was? History. history. Yeah. Just history? It must have been a survey course then, huh? Yeah, it was. It was surveys. Right. You should check it out. It's a good course. It's a good, be a good class. Oh. How'd you like that course? You know, frankly, I found the class, you know, rather uh, elementary. Elementary. Yeah. You know, I don't doubt that it was. Yeah. I, uh, I remember that class. It was, um, it was just between recess and lunch. So... Um, you think he's the the John Bolton looking guy in that, in that equation? I think there's elements, or is he Ben Affleck? There's yeah. he's not Ben Affleck. Uh, yeah. There's elements of Spencer in that where I do feel like if Spencer was in a room and there was a conversation being had about Dinwiddie Bonds and like it was he wasn't a part of the conversation, they didn't even know he was in the room. They were at like let's say we're at a bar in Boston or something. There's two guys talking about did you hear about this guy spencer doing what he's doing yeah where he's uh doing you know this uh, annualized income blah blah blah. and i spencer would come into the situation to correct all parties that are are incorrect and so spencer is the michael bolton looking guy from goodwill hunting that's what that clip is from very good um where do you want to do you want to go kenny or musa next uh i forget what my musa one is let's play it. let's see if i can remember Morton, if I get on the rig, there's a way inside. What is your name? It's Nux. I'll pike her in the spine. Keep her breathing for you. Nux, put a bullet in her skull. Stop the rig. Return my treasure to me. And I myself will carry you to the gates of Valhalla. I'm high awaited. You will ride eternal, shiny and chrome. Here we go. Oh, 
That was a longie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you get, but do you like it? Explain why that's Musa. <laughs> so if you've seen Mad Max Fury Road, have you seen that? Of course. That movie? Of course. Um, it's the part where like the the guy, the skull guy or whatever. I don't know. What are they called? Oh, the blood, blood sacks? Yeah, that's it. Um, tries to go up on the rig and, and immediately loses his gut and falls over. And the guy says he's mediocre. So maybe maybe there's hope for Musa yet, but his <laughs> his his ambition to go to Valhalla and be you know on the Mount Rushmore of, of you know next to Kobe and MJ is palpable. You can feel it. He's ready for it. Um, but then when you actually see him in action, um, not quite there yet, Mike. Yes, I think that that's a really good Musa. Anyone who's yeah. seen the movie can probably tell that that Musa would have been one of those characters. Um, and is always trying to attain to go to Valhalla or whatever excellent realm of greatness the, to be the next Kobe, to be the actual true European Kobe, unlike the Italian Kobe that we actually got. Um, I have a Musa too, though. Eh, I'll play it. Why not? We're in the spirit, yeah. right? Let it ride! <laughs> so I did a lot of thinking last night. And there's something I'm pretty excited about. What's up? Nice. Let it rain! Rain dance! Hey, you guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. You so. douchebags bring your A game? What was that? <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Sasquatch. Let's get it on. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's such a cheap one. It's so good, though. I know. It's like the most basic uh, meme, oh, basketball meme, but it, it felt right. And actually, rewatching the scene, it do- did make me remember how funny that actually, that 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 is, that that's fucking, uh, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> that that is. That yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman did that, one of the great actors of his generation, but yet could also pull off something like that, which is incredible. So that's my yeah. acting analysis for the day. That was good. Um, I think you're bone dry. Right? No, you have a Kenny. I got a Kenny. All right. Let's bone pop. dry. Bone dry. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, oh. closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. What is that, Kenny? <laughs> um, mostly just because he's like a you know slick type from Long Island, like <laughs> yeah, like the way Alec Baldwin is. <laughs> um, so that one's just a visceral connection. Um, I would like it if they could close games, though. You know, right? So you're that, actually Alec Baldwin. <laughs> you yeah. are. You are. Truly I am the. Bu- that's more like it. Yeah, that's really uh, Let me get those leads, kid. Okay, um, I have a Jared Allen, and I, I'll do the. This is DeAndre Jordan. Uh, this is DeAndre Jordan, and how I feel about his expression on the court at all times. Ah, I'm too old for this shit. Hopi, oh, I think I'm getting too old for this stuff. I'm getting too old for this. Shit. I'm getting too old for this. Shit. It, is that a compilation of Lethal it, Weapon? <laughs> quotes there's like there's a six minute video online of characters from different movies not lethal oh. weapons saying i'm too old for this shit and, which is pretty funny to watch because it's like oh like everyone thinks about it from lethal weapon and actually of course it's from it's in like 18 different million movies well um, was it did it was its genesis from lethal weapon I, the genesis of the idea of getting saying that line from lethal weapon, but there's like movies from the 50s in there or whatever you know there's oh really well wow. yeah yeah um, so I think DeAndre Jordan's like literally, I mean, he's not even that old. I think he's younger than us. You know, he's probably like 30, 
maybe 31. I don't know. He's not that old, but he had, he wears that age very heavily and he acts on the court as if this is his final season. Mm. The, the, even the way he leans down and picks up the dime after he gets an assist, it feels very rickety. And That's very, well, it's also just like when you become like sort of doing self-effacing humor like that while you're at that's sort of like a Jared Dudley thing to do. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. And and I have enjoyed DeAndre Jordan this year. That's great. I mean, I, you know, I love it. But, but we do have three more seasons of that. So how is the I'm too old for this shit DeAndre Jordan going to handle aging continually on this roster that, you know, should be uh, competing for championships? That So that's my DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, that's pretty good. I have one more. I had a Jared Allen, but it's like your Jared Allen. So I almost don't even remember. Oh, well, it's a funny clip, so I'll play it anyway. That's we'll... a funny clip. Yeah. I want to do it because it's fun. Fun to do bad things. Uh, have you ever seen that video? <laughs> do you know what that's from? No, what is it? It's from this amazing, it was like a news report out of Florida. This 10-year-old stole his grandmother's car. Oh, I did see this, yeah. Yeah, and so they asked him why he did it, which is a, which also <laughs> is incredible that a news crew was able to interview the 10-year-old who yeah. committed the crime, and he says, of course, the line that is famous, uh, I like to do it because it's fun to do bad things. Mm. I think with Jared Allen, he's like the Neo moment, I know Kung Fu, or now know Kung Fu or whatever. He now realizes... It is fun to be the aggressor on the court. It is now mm. fun to do – it's all like a whole new world is opening up to him in this very moment. And he always wow. was good and he always had potential. But over the past 10 games, 15 games, he started to realize it's fun to do bad things. It's fun to just be a bully sometimes. And he's coming into his own and beginning his life of crime or life of kung wow. fu, whichever way you want to look at it. That's great, Mike. You did you did so good. That was so good. Wow. So good. Um, that's it, right? Great. Um, I think that that was our best work that we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was more of best up. I still hold the what should the G League Nets teams mascot be depending on uh village. Dude, we had like five hundred options for for that. That was like a full two hour episode. That and and it and it was always and it was pretty darn creative i mean we did even like in-game in arena entertainment for each neighborhood uh mm. but this is this is up there. those were the days well wow. when we had that energy yeah um thank you for joining me brian getting too old for this shit mike <laughs> what a way to link that back <laughs> you like that yeah um, um take us out of here i mean this is a great show but i do want to get the hell out of here yeah so thank you all for listening uh happy google us on twitter itunes five stars we need them. we want them we have to have them and Brian, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Mike, thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, boy.